8.45. Let's get up close then. Professor Zheng Huang from Hangul University of Foreign Studies Law School. Good morning. Good morning, Alex. And uh, as we now begin our second instalment of this brand new segment in our spring season, we're going to focus today on this presidential office scandal, the Chesun Shil Gate, as it has often been referred to, but how it also relates to the Chebolts, the uh, family-run conglomerates here, a distinctive kind of big business. Yep. Exactly. And one of the ways that this scandal kind of broke open was that, you know, these two foundations known as Mir Foundation and K Foundation, and it seems like all the Chebols uh, contributed millions of dollars into this, and it turned out that it was under Chesunshil and her, you know, a cronious control. So that more or less kind of broke the story last September, and basically kind of the floodgate of the scandal happened. That I think really shows kind of a good. Uh, insight into how politics and uh, Korean economy, which is dominated by these Jebel groups, actually interacted yes. in this particular scandal. I mean, from a legal perspective, there seems to be a contradiction here because you've got uh, the the president, or at least some of her aides, accused directly of extortion. Yes. We'll, we'll see what charges are eventually leveled against the president if they are. Um, and then on the other side, you've got the uh, the conglomerates themselves accused of paying bribes. Now, what is it? Are you being forced to pay or are you paying for benefits? Or can it be a bit of both? I think it is kind of both. I mean, you know, in, uh, let's take two examples where, you know, SK Group and CJ Group, those are two well-known top top 10 chapel groups in Korea. Both of their, you know, owner chairmen were in, in prison for, you know, varying degrees of uh, periods and basically both of them contributed heavily towards this foundation, begging the government to release the chairman. Now, you could sort of look at it as extortion, but on the other hand, it was there was a clear quid pro quo, so you could argue that it was a bribery. I think a special case could be made about Samsung, though. It wasn't exactly looked like you know Samsung was under a lot of pressure to give money, but Samsung actually voluntarily gave far more money than all the other Jebel groups combined. And basically, the conventional wisdom seems to be that you know Samsung basically had this special information about Chesunshil that all, all the other Jebel groups didn't really have. And they really latched on to Chesunshil and, you know, provide all kinds of goodies for Chesunshil and her, her daughter, Chang Yura. Yeah, it's I mean, like the, giving that horse. Exactly. Yeah, the weird, uh, the, the horse is worth about $2 million and so, so forth and so forth. Not only that, you know, the Korean Equestration uh, Association had used to be, uh, uh, belong to the Hanwha group, but when the Samsung and Hanwha exchanged some businesses, Samsung actually insists on taking that association the chairman away from Hana Group, and which was kind of weird at the time because yeah. Hana Chairman's son is is actually a horse rider, but it turned out that that was actually a way to get close to Chesunshil. So I mean, you'd really have to, in some sense, marvel at Samsung's ability to get this information, where all the other chebols were basically in the uh, in, in the dark. Yeah, you, you obviously don't have to be a legal expert to smell a rat here, <laughs> especially with regard to the role of Chesunshil. But to establish bribery and extortion. Do we need to ex uh, sort of distinguish this from uh, the general Chebo culture of being quite cosy with the government? Uh, I mean, the, the fact that Chetewan of SK Group was released from prison. I mean, we've seen lots of presidential pardons in the past, haven't we? Not necessarily associated with donations. I mean, for those of you who don't know much about the Chebol system in Korea, I mean, there, there are two sides of the story, right? I mean, on one hand, people are very gung-ho and positive Chebols because these are the, you know, top-notch countries, uh, companies in the country that actually brought Korean economy very to the you know, forefront of the global economy. On the other hand, there's 
was a, a little bit of a dark side where they really, you know, colluded with the Korean government, uh, received lots of favors and kind of grew at the expense of all the other Korean smaller businesses and Korean taxpayers in general. For example, a point in, uh, one example is that SK Group actually used to be just basically an oil and chemical company. And the largest company in SK Group now is SK Telecom, which I suspect many of our listeners use. Uh, their market share is about half of all the mobile phones in Korea. Mm. Well, the way that they got into uh, the telecom business back in the 80s was that, you know, current chairman Cha Tae-won got married to then uh, President uh, uh, Noteo's uh, daughter, No So-young. Now they're actually going through a divorce proceeding. So, you know, yes, the power and money that, yeah. don't really uh, mix all that well in the long run. But that's how they actually got into the telecom business. Well, you know, as an aside here, I saw a report the other day about, you know, the relatively high proportion of marriages among children of Chebol oh, families. Oh, absolutely. You know, exactly. marrying each other. It's like... Not just that, but also with the politicians, with lawyers, with judges. I mean, you know, connections really do rule in Korea. It and seems like a medieval true. culture, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just think back to Medici's of the Italy, yeah. where, you know, this, you know, the prince merchants of Italian families married each other. I mean, that is, uh, that culture is very much alive in Korea. It's absolutely true. Um, another aside here, uh, let's talk a bit about Samsung. The fact that Samsung was at the top of the special prosecutions mm-hmm. list, was that just because they, they had limited time? That too, I mean, they, they didn't need to pick and choose about what, what they focus on. And Samsung basically distinguished itself by being so... Uh, so I guess they had a penetrating insight about the special relationship with Cha Sun-shil and Park Geun-hye. So and they were very much aggressive in providing all kinds of stuff to Cha Sun-shil and her family. And it's and they got a lot in return. I mean, they got the National Pension Service to approve the merger between uh, the uh, Samsung CNT and JL uh, Industries. I mean, for those of you who are interested, there's a lot of literature out there, news items on that particular issue. They also got the Korean Fair Trade Commission to decrease their uh, the demands. About you know various things that uh, transactions that Samsung is engaged in. I mean, Samsung is actually going through a transition right now. The current chairman Egoni, uh, 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 by all accounts, is basically uh, you know a, a brain dead or, or something. He hasn't We've been seen publicly for past two years exactly since he had that uh, stroke, and he has about fifteen trillion won, which is about four, you know fifteen billion dollars worth of Samsung stock, which somehow needs to stay within the Lee family if the Lee family wants to control, retain the control over all the Samsung. Group and you know, I think the Lee family just was not ready for that transition, so they were just you know pulling all the stops in order to make that transition work. And it, it also involved you know paying bribes to Chesun Shelly. Um, I don't know how far Lotte will be dragged into this, but I thought it was very interesting, very revealing that the elderly chairman of Lotte shouted in court, he was actually removed from court yes. this week, shouting. That it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but effectively yep. saying it's ridiculous that somebody in his position, you know, like, do you not know who I am kind of attitude. I mean, that has a long backstory in the sense that, you know, his two sons, Shin Dong-jun and Shin Dong-bin, they're actually been fighting over the control of the Lotte group for past few years. And one of the issues is that is the Shin Yako, the chairman that you mentioned, is he of sound mind. And he's, I think, 94 years old and yeah. apparently uh, suffers from some kind of dementia. So, And, you know, this is actually a very often repeated story with all these chapel groups. You know, the, the generational shift goes, goes on and then the children fight. I mean, for example, you know, there are three offshoots 
offshoots of Samsung Group, uh, Samsung, CJ, and uh, Shinsegae, and none of that split was very amicable. I mean, in fact, Samsung and CJ are at, at each other's throats for a few years over the inheritance yes. issues. So, you know, the chabals do a lot to create an economy, but there's a lot of messiness involved uh, at the just, same time. Just to directly quote, uh, so this was um, earlier this week, uh, Korea Jong Daily Listen at 95. It's hard to know whether people are using Korean age or Western age with these things, right. but he's in his mid-90s. And he said, I am the master of Lotte Group. Who can possibly indict me as he was pushed out of the court in his wheelchair? To add insult to injury for someone, look, as he shouted this in Japanese. Exactly, yeah. I mean, his two sons, you know, their first language is not Korean. They've been educated in, in, ja- uh, in Japan for a long time. And, and in fact, the, the controlling companies that are private companies that control all these Lotte groups, both in Korea and Japan, are actually Japanese private companies. And we know mm. nothing about the corporate governance of those you know, private companies. And Shin Dong-ju and Shin Dong-bin have been fighting about this for, for a number of years yeah. now. Well, dementia issues aside, uh, and certainly don't want to target that one person, um, it does perhaps tell us something about the attitude that that is pervasive. So the question then is, what do we do about it? What possible reforms are available to us? I mean, the leading, the Minju Party candidates are all calling for uh, some kind of chabal reforms. The leading candidate, Moon Jae-in, basically wants to focus on top four chabals and basically force down corporate governance reforms. I mean, different chabals have different level of uh, reforms. For example, you probably haven't heard too much about LG lately in in terms of scandals. And that's because... Just about their new smartphone. Yeah, exactly. Which (laughs) they seem to be doing some strange thing with their marketing but anyway that's a whole different story but LG actually got into this holding company structure which the Korean government has been pushing saying that this is a better reform Samsung hasn't quite gotten to that level their plan was to either make the Samsung Electronics or Samsung Life Insurance as their holding company which has issues under relevant Korean law so it, it looks like that was the direction they were going and then they got stopped called by the Chesunshil Gate um, but there are also these calls to actually bring about economic democratization. The, the slogan of the PAC administration that never really came <laughs> to fruition. Right. Exactly. And her close advisor at the time, Kim Jong-in, quit her party and went over to Moon Jae-in's party and now quit that party and who knows what... Who, He's still in the mix. Was, He's in the mix somewhere. They call him the kingmaker. Yeah, he wants to be a kingmaker, but we'll see. But, I mean, the, the idea is fairly vague. Well, what does it mean to make the economy democratic? I mean, once a political uh, concept, you know, bringing it over to the economy, I'm not really sure you can talk about income inequality or wealth inequality. But the bottom line is everybody agrees that Chebol has way too much power. Yeah. And in this scandal shows that Samsung kind of had this insight into the, you know, the dark corners of Korean politics and really took advantage of. And, you know, National Pension Service lost a lot of money because of that. And we'll see, you know, if effective reforms can take place. We're out of time. Maybe, just in conclusion, though, it's in the hands of us, the consumers. We've already touched on a number of big products there. You start stopping sales and companies will no doubt pay attention. I said it earlier in the show on another subject, but again, money talks. Professor Huang also talks, and it's a pleasure to have you in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you. Professor Zhang Huang of Hanguk University of Foreign Studies Law School with Up Close, and that's our show for today and this week. We'll be back Monday at 7.05. Stay with us for Careerscape and Kurt Asian after your news headlines.